Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Oh, buddy, do I have a treat for our listeners today. Listen, sometimes when you go out and fish, you catch a minnow. Hey, man, it's better than a work day. You caught a minnow, you caught a fish. Sometimes you go out and fish... And you catch a freaking well. For today's episode, I've caught a freaking well. We have, for episode 78, Joe Nestor, who is joining us via Skype to talk to us about his life, some of his music, things he's passionate about, how he got to be an international singer and songwriter. Before that, though, episode 78 is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers, where they are ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. And listen, when I say they're ready to help you or loved one get help, what I really mean is, is like, even if it's not the right insurance, even if you have no insurance, call the number 801-800-8142. That's what I love about our people, right? Our intake people know everybody, they network. So they're going to get you set up with the best place, the best care for you, whether that's us or somebody else. Uh, you can also go to their website, stepsrc.com and live chat with one of our intake coordinators. Thank you, Steps Recovery Center, for sponsoring this podcast. <sighs> Joe, I'm nervous. Why, Can man? you hear it in my voice? <laughs> <laughs> relieve me. Relieve me. I need a pitch reliever here. Joe Nestor, we always start off with what is new and good. What is currently new and good in your world today, man? Oh, man, I'm just uh, – I am completely blessed. Um, this week has been – uh, super eventful, super exciting. Uh, not only did, you know, me and you, we, we were in Indiana this, you know, this past weekend and on uh, sharing our, uh, message of hope and inspiration, uh, came back home and I was actually featured in my, uh, local newspaper, my whole family and I, we made the front page, like this huge article. Dang, so it's it pretty cool, man. That is new and good. That is fantastic. <laughs> Yes, Warsaw, Indiana, bridge the gap. Me and listen, this is the second time I have had the honor to speak at the same event as Joe Nestor, and it was it was amazing. The only problem is is when you go up and you try to talk to Joe Nestor at one of these events, he's swarmed. It's like a beehive. So I was like super stoked. So here's my new and good, right? So my new and good is uh, the bridge the gap event was amazing. I go to like try to introduce my wife to Joe Nestor in in the flock of people that surrounded him. He's like, all right, I'll give, I'll give back to you later. It was, he is, he definitely draws a crowd. So, however, I'm still recovering from my vulnerability hangover from that, man. Like I shared some stuff that I've never shared before. It was powerful, man. I, I mean, I appreciate the, uh, the brutal honesty and, you know, the vulnerability that you showed personally. Um, I just think it's, it's, uh, it's more authentic that way, you know? For sure. For sure. But you know, I like to cast myself as this big tough guy. And so when you're up there choking back tears, right, it's, it's difficult when, so anyways, yeah, that's my new and good. It was a, it was an awesome event. I loved it. New and good. Yeah, buddy. All right, Sean Denneman, what's your new and good? Um, the semester's almost over. Hey, no more teaching. I'm good for the summer. That's great. That's my new and good. Mm. Don't, don't really have much. Hey, listen, you got a lot of new and goods. We just went over the schedule and you have like a thousand trips planned. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm traveling all around the country this summer. I'm ser- hey, he, he so, means that like he would, we were Googling a bunch of different places he's going to. What are some of the places? Let's see Glacier, Teton, Rainier, Smoky Mountains, Rocky Mountains, uh, Everglades, Lake Powell, uh, or else Joshua Tree, um, Arkansas. I don't know what that's, that's different. Uh, in San Jose. Now, are you getting paid for yeah. all of those trips? Most of them, yes. So Most not only do you get to go across the country, you're getting paid to go help people with technology stuff? No, I'm uh, DJing half marathons at the national park. So everyone's running, but I set up all the sound, do the announcing, 
and announce names as they come across the finish line. And of course, play just a whole bunch of good music while I'm there. Dude, you're a rock star. Done by noon. I'm a little jealous. And then right? go hang out at Rainier. Go hang out at uh, Yellowstone for a day. Go see some buffalo and some, um, uh, what are those things? Uh, the, uh, the water spouts. What are those? What are, what are the things in Yellowstone? What are those called? Geysers? Yeah, Geysers. the geysers. The geysers. Water spouts. The water spout. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go to Raging Waters, too. So anyway. That's awesome, That's man. my new and good. So we were, we were planning that before the show. Yep, yep. I am jealous. I am jealous. I heard Joe say he was jealous, too. So. Yeah, super jealous. Listen, Joe, we have a lot of things in common, okay? Like. You know, you're a married dude to an amazing wife, Faith. I'm a married guy to an amazing wife, Mandy. You know, you've been homeless. I've been homeless. We're both two dudes in long-term recovery. Uh, we both speak at events. You have an amazing voice. I have an amazing voice. You, not, what? what? <laughs> yeah, bro. You didn't hear me sing to Dr. Sellers? Oh, I heard that. Happy that's birthday. Why I, that's why I challenge you on that last. Everything else is your thing, but that last one I challenge you on. <laughs> okay, okay. So maybe I don't have an amazing voice, but you have an amazing voice. And I understand you're a singer and a songwriter. Now, do you write all your songs? Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me to write them songs. I, but I just can't do it, man. Music for me is something very personal. Like mm. it's my therapeutic outlet. So um, I write all my songs. I write all the lyrics. I write all the music. And um, most of the time when I'm in the studio recording it, I actually record all the instruments myself as well. Dang, dude. That is impressive. That <laughs> is quite impressive, sir. So listen, let's talk about your music. In 2016, you released the album To Hell and Back. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool album. Uh, one of my favorite songs on there is Never Going to Take My Soul. And then I understand you've actually done a part two. It's just a solo yeah. of that song. Yeah. That's freaking sweet. Hold on, though. We got, dude, I'm not, I got a laundry list here. In 2017, <laughs> one year later, you released the album Rise from the Ash, Rise from the Ashes. My favorite song on that dude is Barely Breathing, right? Oh, Love that song. Yeah. It's an amazing song. One year later, in 2018, you released the album Raw and Unplugged. My mm -hmm. favorite one off of that is You're All I Need. So mm -hmm. kind of a worship song, right? I dig yep. it. I dig it. Yep. We're, we're still not even done yet. So, And then again in 2018, you released the album The Awakening. Yeah. Listen, the song Homeless Hero I'm not kidding. You had me like choking back tears, dude. You got yeah, some, go ahead. That's like a, a personal song, man. And, uh, if you remind me later on, you know, in the show, I'll tell you a, a personal story about that song. Mm, I look forward to it. I'm hoping you can kind of speak on some of these, uh, mm -hmm. you know, okay. We're not done that. We're not done though. We're not done. I noticed in 2019 there was no release of an album, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with your amazing wife, Hope. But before you answer that question, in 2020, you released the album This Is Me. Mm -hmm. Dude, the song Destiny, I feel like you're telling my story and a lot of other, other people in recovery stories. Oh, dude, man, I had so much fun recording that song and just recording the whole <laughs> This Is Me album, man. Um, seriously, like uh, it. Uh, I just I wish I could explain better, like how that whole thing came uh, to fruition. Um, I mean, honestly, like I recorded a bunch of albums. I was signed to a record label. You know, I was signed to recovering artists worldwide and, uh, what year it, it was, was that? great. What year was that? Uh, 2016, I signed to uh, recovering artists, uh, worldwide and started touring and just recording a bunch of music and, uh, things were going good. You know, it was a recovery based record label. Uh, I started gaining some, some recognition touring the country. Uh, dude, my first tour was with Bubba Sparks. Get out of here. Really? I, I swear to God, man. That's crazy. It was the most mind-blowing experience. Like, it was it was cool, man. What's that dude like? Uh, very reserved. Very reserved. Very quiet. You know, but when he steps on stage, he's just like a whole different animal. I was going to say, I don't, when I think of him, I don't think of reserved and quiet. 
Like he's got some powerful music. You guys did a little duo together, right? You guys collaborated well, we, yeah. on a song. Uh, we never released anything together, uh, uh, but we've—I mean, we've performed together and everything. Um, yeah, no, we haven't released anything together. It was Kalichi that I'm thinking yeah. of that you collaborated with. Yeah, for your song "Worthy of Love." Yeah, Kalichi. Yep, that's another good friend of mine, Chaz Smith. Well, listen, yeah. tell that dude I reached out to that dude to have him come on my podcast. And I'm not sure if he was one of the guys that asked for money or if he just ghosted me, but <laughs> you're oh, way man. cooler in my mind than, than Kalichi because you're on here, bro. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll make sure I, uh, I tell him to hit you up. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about those albums. What was going on kind of, so we're talking about now about your life in recovery today. Uh, well, for the last few years anyways, um, yeah. anything, anything that jumps out at you from 2016 to, to today that, you know, as I go through those different albums that have been released over the years. Well, so my very first album to Helen back, uh, was probably one of the rawest and, uh, most emotional albums I've ever written. And I say that because almost every song off of that album was written while I was still in a halfway house. Dang. I'm talking about first six months, first year of, of recovery and, uh, the emotions, like I said, uh, music is, is a therapeutic outlet for me. And, uh, there were times in that year, that first year of recovery where it got a little shaky and I was fighting back, uh, every like every ounce uh, of my flesh. Uh, not to run back out to those streets, not to run back out and get high, which is what I was used to doing. You know, that's what I had been doing for the past uh, 10 years. Uh, so, you know, those songs that I was writing came from like a very, um, a very raw place uh, of just deep emotion. And um, it's funny, you said one of your favorite songs off that album was Never Going, uh, Never Gonna Take My Soul. Mm, love it. And uh, a little insight on that song. I wrote that song in a prison cell in 2009 before I ever got clean, before I even thought about getting uh, sober. I found uh, that out because I geeked out and Googled you and researched you and just went on a Joe Nestor deep dive. And I, when I heard your uh, Never Gonna Take My Soul Part 2, you explained that in the intro. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so you so literally wrote that in a jail cell. Yeah, man. He here I am sitting in this prison cell and uh, I'm facing a significant amount of time. Uh, I didn't even actually know if I was going to see the light of day again. Very dark place. So you, you were know? facing a life sentence <clears throat> or close Not to life, so to speak. But to me, like it was life, you know, double digits uh, right. for sure. And uh, man, I was just like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the more I just thought about it, like, I was just like, man, like, I don't want to, if I got to spend the rest of my life here, or I got to spend the next X amount of years here, I don't want to spend it miserable. And, uh, I just had this thought like, man, you know what? Like you can take, you can take the cars, you can take the house, you know, you could take the, the, the family, you could take, you can even take my freedom, man. You know, but one thing you can't take is you can't take my happiness and you can't take my soul no matter what. And uh, I just remember sitting on that whole, that hard, you know, steel stool in the back of the cell. And I just started like beating on the desk. I'm like beating on the desk, beating on the desk. And then I come up with this melody, you know, and then the words just started pouring out. Like, I don't even know where it came from. It just came from that, that raw spot, you know, and, uh, I know exactly where it came from. It's your higher power reaching down and touching you, brother. Amen, dude. Amen. Seriously, man. And I wished, I wish, uh, that 
you know, obviously I'm, I'm not in prison, you know, so I, I did get out and, uh, I wish that I could say that when I got out, that's when my recovery journey started. But unfortunately I ran right back to the streets, right back to the same old things, getting high every day. Uh, and it's so funny. I would be like with my friends in the car singing this song, never going to take my soul, beating it on the window, you know, high as heck, you know, <laughs> You know, what, though, that's like, actually a pretty common theme. Most of the time when we get incarcerated and it's, we don't quit on our own volition, right? We, there's, there's something about wanting, we want to choose our last time, which is weird as heck to me, but I totally, I mean, I get it. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm singing this song, you know, in the car, we're all high and my boys are like, man, that song is so good, man. That could be like on the radio. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, my one friend, he's like, dude, like you really need to like, you need to get your life together. You, you're so talented, man. And, and the songs that you write, like you could literally like help so many people. Um, but so that's it's just, where, it's crazy. Is that kind of where the idea was born or is that just a, a, a seed that was planted? That's just, that's just a seed that was planted. I apologize. If you give me one, can you give me one second, please? Yeah. I, I, I I apologize. Yeah, no second. problem. So for the, for those of you that um, are just kind of joining us to, to catch up, definitely, definitely go check out Joe Nestor. You can find him on YouTube. And and what the album he's talking about right now is his album that he released in 2016, To Hell and Back. On, on that album, one of the songs is Never Gonna Take My Soul. And just the fact that he, he, record, he actually wrote that in a jail cell um, now that I, now that he, he's kind of told me that it makes sense. Like when you listen to the lyrics of the song, I can see it, man. Yeah, man. Back. Like I was just like one day, you know, I'm going to make it out of this town, man. I'm going to make it out and I'm never going to look back, you know? And in 2012, that's what happened, man. That's exactly what happened. Um, so, you know, and we're going to get to that in the second part. Yeah, I, we're going we're gonna to get to that. I, you know? but, uh, I, I want so, to keep so, our listeners engaged. So, I, you know what I mean? We're, we're saving that yeah. golden nugget for the end, Joe, because oh, you yeah, do have an amazing know? story. Yeah, man. Just, but, uh, you know, like I said, fast forward, you know, back to 2016. That is the first song I recorded when I went in to record the This Is Me album. I was like, you know what? I have to put it on there. No matter what, like I have to put it on there. And uh, sure enough, it blew up. And next thing you know, like, I'm on tour and I got people coming out to my concerts and they're like in tears with the lyrics tattooed on them. Like wow. I got, I had so many people, I had people flying in from the UK, people like from all over the world with never going to take my soul tattooed on them. Like it was, it was the most humbling thing ever, you know? Dude, um, I love that. I love that. I got, I got like 12,000 other songs that I'm wanting to talk about. Are you cool if we, if we, so then you did, so another one that I absolutely love is worth that I love is worthy of love. And that's mm -hmm. the one that you did featuring Kalichi. Yeah. Talk to me about, yeah. give me the backstory on that. When did you guys plan that? I mean, it's an amazing song. Again, for those of you that are listening, go to YouTube and listen to this song. It, it, it will give you chills. It's crazy. You know, I mean, we had talked about doing a song together for years and it just, we never really uh, had the time to really sit down and do it until uh, COVID hit. Mm. And um, that's when we decided that, you know what, we're going to do a song, but if we do, if we do a song, it has to be powerful. You know, it has to be uh, something that's relatable to our audience and to our fans. And uh, one thing that we, that we really, that really stuck out to us is like, you know, early in recovery, you know, I just remember that feeling of this hopelessness and that I was too far gone. Uh, how could anybody ever love me? Mm -hmm. You know, not worthy of love. Like, even though people were showing it to me, you know, my, our support group, the guys at the halfway house, you know, they're showing the love, you know, but I can't accept it because I don't feel worthy. I don't feel I'm deserving, but I want, I'm here to, we wanted to let everybody know that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at in life, you are still a child of God. 
and you, you are, are worthy of love. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It took me years to get that, Joe. You know, the guy that I talked to when, when I spoke, one of the mentors, uh, Todd Sylvester, that's actually one of the questions, he, you know, he pointed out to me that I had some really flawed belief systems. And in my flawed belief systems was I, I didn't feel like I was worthy of happiness, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think maybe that's why that song worthy of love is one of my favorites is because I could relate, you know, like you do need to be reminded that no matter what you're going through, you're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Fire, mm -hmm. dude, fire. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about another one that's probably near and dear to your heart. Now, I'm making some assumptions here based on the lyrics. Before you go and spread your wings, thank you, Mom, for everything. We're talking ah, now man. about, and these are singles, right? The last two songs we've just talked about are singles. I Still Need You Here. Talk to me about that song, Joe. <laughs> you would have to pick that one, man. Mm. Um. So uh, now I'm the one fighting back tears, dude. Got a lump in my throat right now. I know the feeling. Um, so this is a, a, a little bit longer of an explanation because I want to tie it all in together. So my parents divorced when I was six years old. And <clears throat> my mom she didn't want to really stop hanging out with the rough crowd. She didn't want to stop, you know, living that lifestyle. And, and when I was born, my dad, he stopped everything. He stopped partying. He stopped literally everything and wanted to raise me right. And when my mom didn't want to do that, uh, they divorced at six years old and my dad took me to live with my grandparents. And, uh, I mean, I still visited my mom on the weekends, you know, and um, I visited her every weekend uh, growing up. And then um, when I got older and then as I became a teenager, it started to be like every other weekend or once a month. But, you know, regardless, my mom loved me, you know. Um, Absolutely. She loved me so much, you know, but she suffered from certain um, illnesses that prevented her from fully taking care of me the way that, you know, I needed to be taken care of. She, she was a uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Um, and she just had, had other illnesses. Uh, she was in a car accident, uh, and had major brain, um, trauma, uh, and, and things like that. And, um, <clears throat> When I became addicted to heroin and I was homeless and running the streets, uh, my mom still never uh, lost hope in me. She still loved me, you know, loved me to the fullest. And I remember one night it was freezing cold out and there's snow. I, I, I think it snowed like 10 inches or 12 inches that night. And I was like, Dude, there's, there's no way that uh, I can – survived the night out here sleeping under a bridge you know yeah. so i walked i walked like miles across town to her house and she let me in obviously you know she, i'm her son you know yeah. and uh i it's crazy what we do when we're addicts but uh i knew my mom you know she was in a car accident so she had a bunch of pain meds and things like this in her medicine closet mm. So I went in, I took a whole bunch of oxys, took a bunch of Percocets, took all these things and uh, then raided the refrigerator. I drank some beer and then I made a phone call. I got some dope and I did it all together. Right. And right. Uh, next thing you know, I overdose. I overdose on my mom's couch. And, uh, the last thing I remember is then like, I was, I was, I was gone. Like I couldn't open my eyes, you know, but I could hear things that were going around. So obviously they came, they took me, I had to go to the hospital, you know, I went to the hospital and everything. Oh yeah. I know the drill. And, uh, next thing you know, like a week later I get locked up and I go to prison and I lose contact with my mom. And, uh, I guess she moved, you know, and uh, I'd, Nobody heard from her again. Like my dad's side of the family didn't keep contact with her. 
So nobody knew. So you didn't know I how to get, get in contact with her. Right. I had no way to get in contact with her. I didn't know where my mom went. None of that. Uh, plus I was too busy getting high anyways, you know? Sure. Um, I finally, when I do get clean and, uh, I'm straightening my life out, I want to make amends. Right. You know, because like for all I know, or for all my mom knows, like I could have died that day. You know, I overdosed and the last vision of her or last vision she had of me was them carrying my lifeless body out of her apartment, you know? Yeah, let's put a pin in it, Joe. We'll we'll come right back to that right after this 30-second break from our sponsor. Apologize, we ran ran out of time. Join us for part two of episode 78. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become with the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Man, right off the bat, I just got to apologize to our guest, Joe. So Joe, this thing goes on the radio and so it is automatically timed to a T and I apologize that we cut you off right there. We are going to come oh, back. That's all good. We're going to come back to that. Real quick, episode 78 part two is brought to us by our sponsor, the Hilton Garden Inn. It is always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. If you or a loved one are planning a getaway, want to take a little, little self-care time, want to make a trip to Zion's National Park, check out the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. They have amazing amenities. Uh, they're just fantastic. Our second sponsor for episode 78 part two is is Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. Put an end to the stigma. Wear your recovery out loud. Go to recoverystrong.com. Click on the shop gear tab. They have some super cool hats, super cool shirts. Uh, matter of fact, I got on a hat and a shirt. I doubled up today, Sean. I doubled up. So I'm, I'm rocking one of our, our Recovery Strong shirts and one of our Recovery Strong hats. Thank you, Recovery Strong. Okay, let's get back to Joe. Joe, again, dude, I apologize. Beautiful moment. Good, man. Okay, so so just to catch everybody up, you're you basically have gone to jail after um, having an overdose on your mom's couch. Mm-hmm. You try to reach out to make some amends. Uh, for all for all she knows, you could have, I mean, maybe even pat you know passed like died on that right. on the couch. Okay, you can't find her. You're 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 trying to find her. I'm trying to find her and uh, I have no luck. And then awesome, uh, you know, some time passes and obviously, you know, I start uh, doing music and touring and as my fan base grows larger and larger, uh, I made a post about her one day and next thing you know, I had all my fans and everybody trying to find my mom and uh, reload or, you know, it's so cool, dude. Try, try to locate my mom for me. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I see you. She passed away. Um, she had passed away from uh, complications of COPD and everything. She moved to like a whole other state. Uh, had like, like I said, my mom suffered from paranoia. Uh, what's it called? Uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. Um, Which is and, a mental health uh, condition. She, she had an episode, um, was in a completely different state. Next thing you know, she was in like a home and uh, she got she got sick and, and she passed away and, and nobody was by her side. Mm. Nobody. She passed away all alone. And uh, it's, 
it hurt me so bad because, uh, like I said, the the last uh, man, the last vision my mom had of me uh, was them carrying my lifeless body out of out of her apartment, yeah. and um, I just wanted to make those amends, and that's part of the reason why I do what I do today. You know, I make them; they call them living amends. Absolutely, you know. So I, I do that for, for my mom who I lost and both my grandparents who I lost uh, while I was in you know active addiction uh, that never got to see me get clean and turn my life around and become the person that they always knew. They always knew deep in their hearts that like I had a special gift, like God had blessed me with a gift and they knew that that gift was going to you know impact the world. You know, they believed in me so much. They just never got to see it come to fruition, you know? So I Still Need You Here was was basically your message to your mom beyond the grave. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. It's powerful. Yeah. Let's switch gears for a second here, Joe. Mm-hmm. Now, falling. Based on the lyrics, again, I'm going to make an assumption. Fallen. Fallen for the... One deep down, I know that God has sent. Are we talking about faith? Yes, we are. Talking yes, about are. faith. I'm two for two today, Sean. <laughs> okay, beautiful song. The song's name is Falling. It's a single. It's not on any of his albums. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go check that out on YouTube, Falling. It's a beautiful song, man. Yeah. Talk to me about the inspiration beside, behind Falling. Um, it's so funny. You picked that song. Um, I wrote that song in the middle of COVID. So the This Is Me album was released on the same weekend that COVID, you know, shut down the whole country. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I had two tours lined up. We were like set to rock and roll, man. And everything just went to hell in a handbasket. Yep. <laughs> All the plans got canceled. Um, I'm starting to get emails from my distributors like, sorry, your songs and your album isn't getting put on any playlists uh, because oh. nobody's in the office. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's I'm sure it was a lot of work that went into This Is Me. Like, that's a great yeah, album. There's some great was- songs on that album. So that was my first independent album with no record label, no nothing. And I wanted to do it myself. That's why I named it. This is me. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, So anyways, now I'm not touring. Everything's canceled. COVID's we're in the midst of COVID and I'm just home with my now wife. Um, I'm home with faith and the kids and uh, we're doing homeschooling now, which is new, and we're just together 24-7. And I'll be honest, I was in a slump, man, and I was like irritable, discontent. Those those character defects started cropping up, man. <laughs> and uh, But nonetheless, like I love her to death. I know like this is the woman that God created for me. I know it. For you sure. know, and, and every day, no matter what, like I fall deeper and deeper in love with her. Which makes song, my- which makes sense because some of the other lyrics in that song talk about like, despite the arguing and despite all the kind yeah, of, man. even when we're bumping heads, man, <laughs> you know, like I still love you. I need you. Dude. I remember you know? some of the memes around that time that it was like, spend a month at home with the wife and kids or. <laughs> You know, and it was some other terrible thing. And, you know, like the the guy was like, I'll take option two, option two, even before they get done. Yeah, it's right. You and everybody else, Joe Nestor, was kind of going through a, okay, uh, I love you, but I need some space. Yeah. (laughs) So, so listen, I want to save enough time for you to be able to share your journey. This thing is titled Facing a Life Sentence because I want to get to that. However, I do want to give some shout outs to a couple other of your songs. So, so we've named all the, the albums. Then you got the singles, which we've already talked about worthy of love. We've talked about, I still need you. We've talked about falling mm-hmm. angels in the sky. Freaking. That's like a rock song. It's an amazing song. Uh, last days, spiritual long healing. Days. Sorry. Long days. If I could only yeah. read my own handwriting, 
long days, spiritual healing, you are anxiety, which I'm hoping you have, uh, would be willing to, to play maybe on, on this, this podcast, uh, hold her how many times I'm sorry. I think I have everything that you've put out named on this podcast, Joe. Have I done an okay job? You've done a great job. You've definitely done your research. You're bringing up songs that I've literally like forgotten about. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them, you know? Cool, Um, man. But it's it's awesome, man. It's, it's, uh, like I said, music is therapeutic for me. And, you know, each and every song that I write is just pretty much like a chapter to my life, man. You know? I love it. I love it. Let's get you to play anxiety for us. And hopefully we have about 15 minutes when we come back, you can share kind of your journey into recovery. Yeah. Would you be willing? Yeah, I'm down. Awesome. Um, Let's see if we can make this work. Hopefully the audio sounds okay. I'm going to pull the microphone in here. Good, man. I think it's going to sound great. It is. You know why? Why is that? Because God's in the house. That's right. That's right. Let's get it, Joe Nestor. (laughs) Anxiety by Joe Nestor, everybody. Inside my head, inside my brain, controlling thoughts are driving me insane. So clip my wings and watch me fall and burn through the sky until I lose it all. No, it's too late. There's no stopping now. I've tried a million times, but I don't know how. So I'm cutting the brakes and I'm picking up the pace as my mind starts to race and I'm trying to erase all the negative things I can't change. But my brain is all over the place. Really, I just want to stand still. I just want to live my life without them forcing me to take a pill. I don't really understand how I'm supposed to be a man in this land if I can't even handle all the little things, all the little things that are taking place to make me overthink. What's this on me? What's this on me? Is it all real or is it all a dream? Nobody to run to, nobody to call, nobody to save me from this wrecking ball. Inside my head, inside my brain, controlling thoughts are driving me insane. So clip my wings and watch me fall And burn through the sky until I lose it all No, it's too late, there's no stopping now I've tried a million times, but I don't know how No, I got nothing left to lose And I hate to break the news I've been sitting in my room for the past couple days Contemplating suicide Cause I feel like there's nothing left that I can do I've been trying to talk but no one's listening Ain't nobody picking up my cousin here to boot They just label me as one of the cool kids The problem is they're only on the outside looking in All the little things All the little things That are taking place To make me overthink What's this on me? What's this all mean? Is it all real or is it all a dream? Nobody to run to, nobody to call, nobody to save me from this wrecking ball. Inside my head, inside my brain, controlling thoughts are driving me insane. So clip my wings and watch
watch me fall and burn through the sky until I lose it all. No, it's too late. There's no stopping now. I've tried a million times, but I don't know how. Dang, Joe Nestor, killing it on the mic. <laughs> You're pretty dang good with that guitar, Joe. Oh, man. It's just... I don't know, man. I feel like all of us are blessed, you know, with, with different gifts. And uh, it's funny, just when it comes to writing music, when it comes to playing guitar or something like that, like I'm able to express myself better than if you and I just here talking on this podcast, just talking like, I mean, honestly, it's so weird that I have like all these fans and hundreds of thousands of followers and stuff, because if I'm just keeping it real, I am the most so like socially awkward person ever. <laughs> I don't believe that, bro. I promise you. Dude. <laughs> like without my guitar, I'm just sitting there like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking uh... for the closest exit. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. I think you summed it up when you said the music is a therapy for you, right? Because if go listen to Joe Nestor, man, how many times have I said that? You can tell, you can hear it. You can hear it in your voice. You know, there's, I think there's something to be said about there's good singers. There's great singers like me when I sing to Dr. Sellers, happy birthday. <laughs> um, and, but then there's also passionate singers like you, right? Like me and Tim McGraw have great voices. You are a pat. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. All right. You, when you sing though, all, all jokes aside, Joe, when you sing, like the passion comes out, you can hear like there's emotion behind it. And, and I love it. So I do want to save you a little bit of time. Jonah, we could do this. We could do a two segment episode, like podcast with you. We're running out of time. I do want to announce though, you've got some pretty big stuff coming up. You're actually coming to Utah. So Joe Nestor, for those of you that don't know, lives in Florida. He will yeah. be in Utah June 4th for Talent in the Park. Uh, the timing on that is from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's going to be up in Ogden, Utah, South Ogden, Utah. So definitely put that on your calendars, everybody. Hey, listen, everybody. Put it on your calendars. Talent in the Park. Go check out Joe Nestor. He is coming all the way from Florida to Utah to be able to perform. Now is, do you have like, are you going to do just certain songs? What does that look like? Um, honestly, it looks like, uh, I'll be performing however, however I feel that day. Okay. I don't, I don't make playlists. I don't do sets. Like I, the reason I perform, the reason you hear that emotion, uh, when I sing is because I perform like however I'm feeling, you know? So, I mean, obviously there's going to be some staple songs in there, like anxiety, like how many times, uh, probably never going to take my soul. Um, but other than that, man, I don't really make a set list. I kind of go, I go with the flow, man. You go with what you're feeling. Yeah, man. And that's you know, how it translates. It's just like, you know, when I'm like chairing a meeting or I'm going to speak, like, dude, I don't ever want to write. I don't ever write out a speech or anything like that because if I do that, like it never comes out right. I would rather <laughs> just let it flow from the heart, man. Dude. I love it. I love it. You and you, you would get along with Dr. Sellers. Who's my co-host who's down here every other week. His mom just passed away. So he's, he hasn't been down here for a minute, but I he's his condolences. He, yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, so Dr. Sellers. Yeah. Sorry for your loss, buddy. I, he knows I've sent him some love and listen, if you're listening to this, find Dr. Sellers on social media, send him some love. That dude needs some love. Uh, he's like you, he, he's a shoot from the hip kind of guy. I have OCD. Mm -hmm. So if I don't at least have an outline, Joe, I'm right. In bad shape, bad shape, buddy. <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. We got seven minutes left and I'm just going to leave it up to you, Joe Nestor. Do you want to try to cram your story into seven minutes or do you just want to kind of share a message of hope to, to a listener who is that person in early recovery who might be writing a song while they're sitting in a jail cell that ends up being an internationally known song on an album uh, to hell and back known as never going to take my soul. Like what direction do you want to go with seven minutes left? My friend. 
I mean, it's up to you, man. Like, I, if you want to do another segment, that that'd be I'd be fine with that too, you know. But I I can definitely share some of my you know history and what and everything that I've been through, like in a nutshell, real quick. And we can go into deeper detail in another segment if you like. We will definitely you know? have you on as a guest in the future again. So, but let's cool. get it. And you've kind of shared parts of your story throughout this. So I, listen, I really don't feel too bad, right? Because for number one, I think that this has been phenomenal. I'm, I, I'm loving it, right? I, I know Sean's I over here. He was like rocking out when you were singing, but bro, we're feeling it. Um, <laughs> number two, uh, yeah, so this, so we've, we've named this episode Facing a Life Sentence. And I feel like with, with the time we have left, what, what does that mean when I say to you, because I've heard your story, it's a beautiful one. Facing a life sentence, what comes to mind, Joe? I mean, what comes to mind is literally like, <sighs> I mean, my past, man. Like just, I'm a three-time convicted felon. Mm. Um, drugs and alcohol led me to a place where uh, I, I was bottom of the barrel, man. I was about as low as it gets. And actually, when I came down to Florida in 2012 to get clean, I was on the run for first-degree armed robbery, uh, bank robbery. Dang. And I was already a three-time felon, you know? Uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know, led me to be homeless for 10 years, in and out of prison, you know, completely broken, completely hopeless, missing all my teeth, you know? All these right here? Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't have them <laughs> about <laughs> 10 years ago. Those are those about are beautiful falsies. Ago, dude, I promise you, 10 years ago, I looked like Schmeagle off Lord of the Rings. <laughs> dude, I love how real and raw you keep it, man. That's awesome. Oh, dude, I don't care, man. It is what it is, you know, because God made me exactly how he wanted to make me, you know, and I had to go through everything that I, that I went through um, to become who I am today, you know, and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the things that I did in my past. Um, oh man, that reminds me of a verse that I have on a new song that I have coming out May 27th. Mm, let's get it. Sneak peek oh only released God. here. No, no, no. I don't know if I could do that. Oh, man, come it, on. <laughs> it's up to you, man. Well, the last verse on the song says now the years are going by and I'm still going strong. It's been years since I got high. I'm really moving on. I finally got it right, but not before I got it wrong. I wish the same for all my friends, but most of them are dead and gone. I have a family now and even have a couple kids, but I don't hide my past or all the crazy things I did. I share it openly and try to raise awareness on the dangers of addiction when you're young and you are careless. Because it could be your family, be your friends, or be the rest of them. It could be a stranger passing by you see as just a bum. But if it happens, don't you dare think any less of them. I'm here to let you know sometimes it happens to the best of them. Dang, dude. <clears throat> Dang, Joe, you are talented, buddy. That's coming out in May? When's that, come, when's that May, song coming May, out? Friday, May 27th. What's the name of I it? I just got it. It's called Story of an Addict. Story of an Addict. I love it. And uh, I actually just got an email today from a magazine in UK that's going to be covering it. And uh, they're going to be doing a review on it uh, overseas. And they also want to do an interview with me because they like the song so much. So yeah. hopefully we get, we get some radio coverage of that, you know. But like I said, man, like I don't hide my past. I share everything openly. I, yes, I was homeless for 10 years. Yes, I was in and out of prison. Yes, I was facing life in prison. And I even told my sponsor when I got clean, like – I know we're supposed to make amends and everything, but you know, I'm kind of on the run for first degree armed bank <laughs> robbery. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with that, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he said, you know, we don't make amends when we put ourselves or somebody else at risk. Right. And he said, if you, if you were to make amends right now, dude, you would be jeopardizing your recovery. You would go back to prison, go back to the same mindset and everything. He said, just continue to do the right thing. Continue to trust in God. And continue to work the steps and be the best version of yourself every day, keeping your side of the street clean. And we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, my friend. And that's what I did, Jared. That's what I did. I got a sponsor. You know, I mean, I started going to meetings. I got a sponsor. I started working the steps. And I'm not talking 
you know, half measures, man, I dove in, I dove in more, like more than I was on the streets trying to get high. Yeah. Trying you to can't get that dip a toe. Dip. I mean, you can't dip I toe. dove in, dude. Yeah, you got a cannonball style into that thing. Mm-hmm. And I did it, man. And next thing you know, like, obviously, like I said, a million times in this episode, that music is my therapy outlet. You know, that's my therapy. Uh, started writing songs. I never intended for it to reach the world. It was just for me. Mm. But anyways, God had different plans. I started touring the country and everything. I go to turn myself in after a tour. I get about five years clean, right? And I'm still on the run. And I'm like, oh my God, it's weighing me down because I got all these people looking up to me, right? But I feel like I'm living a lie. Yeah. So I go to turn myself in, right? Because I'm like, dude, I have to believe that God wouldn't bring me this far just to bring me this far. So I go to turn myself in. I call the state of Delaware. And just so happens the day that I called, my probation officer that I ran from too was having lunch with the judge that was overseeing that case they looked me up jared they saw what i was doing they saw that i got clean that i was in florida that i was impacting the world with the music they gave me a call at the end of the day and they said mr nestor your slate is wiped clean charges are dropped Dang. the state of delaware su supports you continue doing what you're doing joe you, know? you, you listen we've got about 30 seconds left here bro oh. that is an amazing but hey, that that's incredible in and of itself, dude. Mm -hmm. That is mind blowing. Right up to the shot clock, Joe Nestor, man. <laughs> I love it. Listen, dude, I dude, just want to thank is you. Possible with God, man. Yeah, abs. Amen, man. Absolutely. I just want to thank you for being willing to come on here. Uh, I I will be at your concert, dude. I'm gonna find a way to be there. Well, man. All right, love you, bro. Love you, bro. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.